Hi, welcome to the For the Love of Film podcast. I am the host, Scott David Chase. On this episode, I'm going to talk about four movies. I'm going to talk about, um, sorry, I just totally lost my notes. I'm going to talk about Motherless Brooklyn, Dr. Sleep, The Good Liar, and Jojo Rabbit. Um, this is a pretty good week, week and a half, however long it's been since the last episode went up. Pretty good week for movies. Um, I... I enjoyed all four of them to varying degrees. Some of them were better than others, but uh, yeah, uh, let's start with Motherless Brooklyn, which um, was written and produced and directed by and starring Edward Norton, which um, it's been quite some time, if I remember correctly, since he last directed a film. He did a film, I believe it was called Keeping the Faith or Keep the Faith with Ben Stiller and Jenna Elfman many years ago. Um, uh which which was fun. It was an interesting kind of like comedy drama, um, but so this is a uh, this is based on uh, a, the book also called Motherless Brooklyn by Jonathan Latham, and it's set in the nineteen sixties nineteen fifties yeah nineteen fifty seven in New York, and uh, it's in essence kind of like a whodunit, but. Um, uh, it, it deals with the racial politics of the time that were uh, kind of going on behind the scenes that a lot of it, pretty much most of it, I didn't know about beforehand and, you know, did some research and heard, heard I've heard Edward Norton on a lot of podcasts talking about, you know, what wasn't known. It's a, it's got a great cast. Like I said, Edward Norton's in it, Bruce Willis, um, Juju Mabatha Ra, who I'd never seen before, but she was great in this, uh, Bobby, Canna- Bobby Cannavale, Cherry Jones, Alec Baldwin, and Willem Dafoe. Um, I don't want to, you know, it, it's a slow-moving movie. Um, it's 144 minutes, so it's almost two and a half hours long. And honestly, it feels even longer because it's it's a pretty slow-moving movie. Uh, the basic conceit is that Edward Norton uh, plays a young man who, uh, uh, well, I guess he's not so young now because he's, you know, in his mid to late forties, but, um, works for a detective agency run and operated by Bruce Willis and all the, all the people who work for Bruce Willis are actually, uh, orphans, um, that, you know, have been working for him for some time and he's sort of a father figure to them. And, uh, uh, without giving much of the plot away, Bruce Willis character dies pretty early on in the movie. And then they're left to try and solve a case, which uh, mostly Edward Norton is doing most of the heavy lifting with that. So, and through that, he just, he uncovers all sorts of stuff going on under, uh, underneath kind of CD stuff. So, um, it was well-made, uh, not quite as good as I was expecting it to be though. Unfortunately, um, great, great cast. Um, and everyone, I, I, I mentioned also Michael K. Williams, um, Leslie Mann, uh, which was nice to see her in something that her husband wasn't involved with. Cause I do think she's a capable actress, but she's mostly in Judd Apatow films these days. Um, Ethan Suplee, who was, you know, early in the film was in it a bunch and then kind of, uh, disappeared. So he was kind of underused. It was, it was nice to see him reunite with Edward Norton after being in American history X together 20 plus years ago. Um, and most of the actors in this Edward Norton has worked with on one, uh, one time or other before. So it was clear that it was sort of a calling in favors type of thing. Um, 
all the performances were great, but like I said, it was a, it's, it's a little underwritten. It was a little bit, uh, um, I don't want to say predictable because there's so much and it happens that there's no way I could have predicted, but, uh, very, I don't know. Um, it just, for me, was lacking a little bit in the spark that I was hoping for. But the the main thing, which I didn't mention before, is that Edward Norton's character um, has Tourette's Syndrome. And so that pops up a lot during the movie. And, um, I mean, I don't know if it made the story more interesting or not, but... Uh, it it kind of comes and goes depending on if they need to like punch up the scene with stuff. So I, it, it, it was sort of a gimmick that tried my patience at the beginning and then I kind of got used to it as the movie went along. Um, I did enjoy the movie. It sounds like I'm saying I didn't, but I actually did. It just uh, wasn't as good as I had kind of hoped. I had heard Edward Norton on several podcasts beforehand, which is how I how I heard about it because, uh, there wasn't much promotion before, uh, in mainstream promotion, you know, it was a $26 million budget. So the way movies are today, it's, you know, it's a pretty small budget. Uh, but like I said, had a great cast and, uh, I enjoyed it. I, 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 I'd give motherless Brooklyn a six out of 10. Um, next movie I saw was Dr. Sleep, um, which is a Stephen King. It's based on a Stephen King book. Um, uh, Dr. Sleep is the sequel to his book, The Shining, and the film is uh, also a sequel. You know, the film is both an adaptation of the book and a sequel to the Stephen King or to the um, Stanley Kubrick film. So it kind of ties some elements together from both the book and the film. And uh, I, I, I've never read Dr. Sleep, so I didn't know what's in the movie that's not in the book. Um, I've read The Shining and I've seen The Shining. I've actually seen Stanley Kubrick's version and then the one that Stephen King was involved with uh, in the 90s. Uh, it's pretty famous that Stephen King does not it does not hold Stanley Kubrick's film in a favorable light. And it is, uh, while it is a brilliant film, uh, it's not an incredibly faithful adaptation to the book, it's Stanley Kubrick making a Stanley Kubrick film. So this sort of, uh, gives some nice visual homages, homages to the original film. Um, they did an amazing, uh, job of recreating the Overlook Hotel for the flashback scenes. And, um, <coughs> the two, uh, two actors, they got to, to play the Shelley Duvall and the Jack, Nicholson roles um, didn't necessarily look all that much like them. Although Henry Thomas, who who played uh, um, the Jack Torrance role, looked more like him than uh, uh, I'm trying to find the name of the woman who uh, uh, Alex Esso. Uh, Henry Henry Thomas looked more like Jack Nicholson than Alex Esso uh, looks like Shelley Duvall. But they did a great job recreating the the hotel and it's funny. I, I'm a big Ewan McGregor fan. Ewan McGregor was the lead in this. He plays a grown up Danny Torrance, who was the young, young man, the son in the shining. I think Ewan McGregor is a, a great actor. Um, something weird about him though. Cause he's, he's a, uh, he's a Scottish actor and 
he, he most often plays Scottish or English or Irish characters. Something about him doing an American accent just takes me out of a movie. Um, I don't know what it is, and you know, it's he didn't do a bad American accent, but it's you know, it still threw me off a little bit. And he was fine as Danny Torrance; it just wasn't. It's one, not one of his most memorable roles. Um, Rebecca Ferguson, on the other hand, uh, she plays Rose the Hat, who is the primary antagonist in the film, um, gave a really solid electrifying performance in this. Um, being, you know, she's definitely uh, intimidating. And uh, the young woman, uh, Kylie Curran, Kieran, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but uh, who plays Abra Stone, the young woman who also has the shine that Danny Torrance has, did a great job. Um, it's tough to find child actors who are really fantastic and stand out, and she definitely did a good job. I enjoyed this. It, it's a different type of film than The Shining. It's not really a horror film. There are a couple scary elements, but almost all the scary elements in it are reprisals of... Uh, frightening elements from The Shining. It doesn't have a whole lot of its own scares, but it's a different type of film. It's more of like a adventure slash survival film. So in that regard, it was satisfying, and I actually appreciated that it did try to do its own thing rather than being just a rehash of The Shining. Um, if you're a Stephen King fan, I I I recommend it. It's definitely in the better the, the you know the top half of all the. Stephen King adaptations, which there's a lot out there. I believe there's almost a hundred at this point. Um, it's not quite up to the standards of either of the it films that have come out recently, but it is still a solid film. I would give Dr. Sleep a seven out of 10. Uh, the next one I saw was the good liar, uh, directed and produced by Bill Condon, uh, starring, uh, Helen Mirren and Ian McKellen. This was sort of a, unraveling mystery and I I didn't really know much about the story. You can't really tell from the previews, but that's fine. Um I like both Helen Mirren Mil- yeah, I cannot say her name for some reason tonight. Helen Mirren and Ian McKellen a great deal. So that was basically all I needed uh to get my butt in the theater to see it. Um having said that the mystery in this movie I figured out about half an hour before it was actually revealed in the film, and it was just kind of, okay, that's what you're doing? Oh, that's what you're doing. That sort of reaction that I had to it. Um, it this it just suffered from a not great script. Uh, I mean, the, the dialogue writing was fine, but as far as the actual story, it was kind of unbelievable while being boring at the same time, if that makes any sense. Um, if, if you're fans of either of the leads, it's certainly worth a watch. Uh, you know, it's definitely worth a Netflix watch or if you have HBO or anything like that and it pops up on that, you know, you could certainly spend two hours in a far worse way, but I, it, it, I would say I was a little disappointed. I'd, I'd give the good liar a six out of 10. It was, uh, you know, it was entertaining, but that's about it. Certainly not one of the best films I've seen this year. And then uh, this afternoon, I just saw Jojo Rabbit, which is uh, written and directed by Taika Waititi. Um, most audiences will probably know him from 
directing Thor Ragnarok. He also uh, co-directed and co-starred in What We Do in the Shadows, the film, not the TV series. He is an executive producer on the TV series, uh, along with Jermaine Clement. But yeah, he is a New Zealand actor, writer, and director. Um, it's an interesting film. It's about a, it, it takes place in Germany dur- during World War II towards the end, and uh, there's a young man. He's t- ten year ten year old uh, Jojo um, <coughs> Roman Griffin Davis, um, who is part of the Nazi Youth Party, and um, his imaginary friend is Adolf Hitler, uh, played by Taika Waititi, but uh, he's. He's not supposed to be the actual Adolf Hitler. He, he's, you know, this child's version of him. And uh, Scarlett Johansson plays his mother. And um, Thomason McKenzie, who gave an amazing performance last year in, what was it called? Leave No Trace, I think. Yeah, Leave No Trace. Um, and she's amazing in this as a uh, young woman. Uh, a Jewish young woman who's being hidden in their house uh, by Rosie, um, uh, JoJo's mother. Um, it's a it's certainly a black comedy slash satire that kind of over the course of the film deals with uh, very dramatic moments and um, you know there's definitely some really sad stuff, some heartbreaking stuff, and then you know ultimately is a, a story about uh, tolerance and connection. Um, a lot of different critics say, you know, it's getting great reviews. It's also getting some scathing reviews. Um, yeah, to me, I, it was a fantastic film. It's certainly a strange film. It's, I've never seen anything quite like it. I feel like this is the sort of movie that, uh, life is beautiful should have been. Um, it's fun. And then, It'll sneak up on you and be incredibly heartbreaking within a couple minutes. Uh, Scarlett Johansson gives a, an amazing performance, very understated performance. But it was interesting in one year, in 2019, two of my favorite film performances were both by Scarlett Johansson in this and also Avengers Endgame. And yeah, it was great. Um, uh, Thomas and McKenzie gave another great performance. Uh, she's an actress that I'm certainly going to keep an eye on because I think she's going to do a lot of great stuff. And, uh, yeah, uh, Sam Rockwell, a lot of fun. Even Rebel Wilson, who I don't generally enjoy, was perfect in this role. Um, great role uh, for Stephen Merchant, too. He only really had one and a half scenes, but uh, uh, kind of kind of reminded me of like a goofy version of Tot from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, but, yeah, it's, you know, I laughed out loud through quite a bit of this and um yeah just they production wise it was the production values was great the the use of music both uh the beatles and david bowie uh singing in german um was fantastic it just you know um a really unique one-of-a-kind film definitely one of the best films i've seen this year i'd give jojo rabbit an eight out of ten highly recommended so those are the four movies I saw in the last week or so. I'm planning on seeing some more movies tomorrow and then Tuesday. It's the it's a couple days before Thanksgiving, so I hope everyone has a great Thanksgiving with either your family or your loved ones, or if you'd like to spend it by yourself, 
enjoy that too. Uh, go out and see a movie. And uh, yeah, I'll talk to you guys again soon. Thanks for listening.